a brutal loss for the Jets? Was it a point of no return for the team and its quarterback? We'll talk about it today on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Monday, December 13th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com, and thank you for making this show your first listen each day. Today we are here to recap a dismal Jets loss. They were defeated yesterday by the Saints 30-9 at MetLife Stadium. A few weeks back against Houston, the Jets were down 14-3, and I've mentioned this on the show. It looked like they were on the verge of being blown out to a terrible Texans team, and I've said that if that had happened, it would have been the type of loss that makes you question everything about this franchise's direction, from the players, to the coaches, to the front office. It would make it clear that the team was not heading in the right direction. It would make it clear that the plan was not working. Well, of course, the Jets came back and beat the Texans and won their third game of the season that day, but apparently it was only a two-week reprieve because This loss to the Saints is the type of loss that I think has to make you question everything about the franchise, from the players, beginning with the quarterback, to the coaches, to the front office. That was in no way an acceptable performance. That in no way was a team that looks like it's heading in the right direction. Playing uncompetitive football against what frankly has been a bad Saints team that entered this game playing miserable football, it's bad. I don't know that I can use the phrase rock bottom anymore when it comes to the Jets because they've been so bad for so long that I don't even know what rock bottom is. I don't know if we've had something worse than this in the past. I don't know that this is going to be the worst it gets. It could always get worse with the Jets. I think that's one of the things we've learned, but this is really, 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 really bad. There's no way you can look at that game yesterday within the context of the season and not be alarmed, in my opinion. One of the things I don't like about NFL analysis is that it feels like we always need to get to the conclusion immediately. And quite frankly, it takes time to figure out exactly what's going on. There are stretches that are anomalies. There are moments where good teams have bad stretches. There are moments where bad teams have good stretches. It's one thing to play well or poorly for a short stretch. It's another thing to sustain it over the course of a long season. And almost every result, at least early and even in the middle point of the season, has multiple plausible explanations. You know, you look at this this Jets team and you look at their struggles through this season. And yes, it was possible that this was just them continuing on the wrong path. But I think it's also possible you could say this is a young team that needs to learn. It's possible you you could point to injuries. You could say that this is season's about progress. There were lots of ways to look, I think, before yesterday, and maybe you disagree, but this is how I see it. Before yesterday, there were a couple different ways you could look at this. You could look at this as, you know, maybe we're continuing on this wrong path, but maybe we can see things moving in the right direction. A lot of that, however, was based on the idea that the Jets were going to improve as the season progresses. And we are in what I called a few weeks back the part of the schedule where the Jets needed to begin running off some wins. And ironically, when I began that stretch, the Saints looked a lot better than they did heading into this game. 
this was the game that was supposed to be tough, but it actually ended up being easier than I thought it would be a few weeks back. And the Jets were not competitive, and the Jets are not winning games right now. And to lose like that to a team as bad as the Saints, I mean, I don't know how you can look at this at this point and say this team's moving in the right direction. I really do feel like in many ways yesterday's game was kind of a point of no turning back for this franchise because any plausible path where you could say this team is making progress or at least this team has a chance to make progress even if they haven't yet there's still enough time left where if they improve between now and the end of the season you can say okay this year was a positive that's out the window now this loss i think really brings into picture how bad this franchise is how bad the direction they're going in is. Jets never led in this game against a team with a quarterback who really could not throw the ball past five yards because of an injury to his finger. A, a team that's done nothing over the last month to suggest that they were capable of putting together a quality performance. I mean, the Jets got the ball, they went three and out. Saints then put together a 14-play field goal drive. Uh, Jets ended up putting together a couple drives where they punted. And in this stretch, Ty Johnson dropped... I'm going to say Ty Johnson dropped two passes in the first three drives. People are saying they dropped three. There was one that Zach Wilson on a third down play on a shallow cross. Zach Wilson put the ball behind him. It was a terrible throw. And, you know, James Lofton, who I think is actually a pretty good analyst on CBS, but he was crushing Ty Johnson for, for a drop when the pass was way behind him. I mean, it would have been a tough catch to make. An awful throw by Zach Wilson, which was one of the themes of, of this game. The Jets were able to put together a field goal drive in the first half, about midway through the second quarter, maybe a little bit early. Eddie Pinheiro, my new favorite player, made a 36-yard field goal. You know, it didn't look pretty. Eddie Pinheiro doesn't have a big leg, but he can kick it through the uprights, which is finally what the Jets have and what they've needed for a long time. The two teams traded punts, and then when the Jets punted, Justin Hardy was called for a very questionable penalty. He was called for kick, uh, catch interference when he didn't interfere with the return guy. Not only that, I mean, he was engaged in the block. I mean, it was a very questionable call. And it cost the Jets because the Saints got the ball on the 46-yard line with a short field. Now, that did not mean the Jets had to let them go right down the field in six plays, capped by an Alvin Kamara 16-yard touchdown run. But that's what happened. And on the touchdown run, Kamara got isolated one-on-one -on -one in space against Bryce Hall. And listen, Bryce Hall's a decent tackling corner, but he's not going to be able to bring down Kamara one-on-one -on -one in space. So the Saints had a 10-3 lead. And in many ways, that was kind of the game. They never relinquished the lead. Now, the Jets did put together a field goal drive to close out the half on the next series. It ended in an Eddie Pinheiro 46-yard field goal. And again, like I like James Lofton. James Lofton was crushing the Jets' clock management on this drive. Well, when you're in the end-of-the-half situation, you have two jobs. First of all, run out the clock so the other team doesn't get a chance with the ball. And second is score. The Jets did both of those. I don't understand why James Lofton was crushing their time management. Now, the drive was kind of set back by a pair of penalties on Denzel Mims. And, you know, that cost them a chance at a touchdown. So even if you want to say the Jets had to settle for a field goal, well, they were in position to potentially score a touchdown before Denzel Mims got called to back for back-to-back -back penalties. One was illegal use of hands, hands to the face, which in all fairness, was a very bad call. Now, by the letter of the law, you could argue Mims committed the penalty, but he got thrown to the ground by Marshawn Lattimore after he did the hands of the fate. At the very least, it should have been offsetting penalties, I thought. However, on the next play, 
there was an illegal formation because he covered the slot receiver. So that one was on Mims, and the Jets had to settle for a field goal. It was 10-6. to You know, the teams traded punts. I mean, Zach Wilson just did nothing in the second half. i got to be honest with you. After the first drive of the third quarter, I said Zach Wilson should have been on the bench because he was just awful in this game. The Saints were able to tack on a couple of field goals, and then in the fourth quarter, they added a pair of touchdowns to make the final score 30-9. to The Jets did kick a field goal along the way. Eddie Pinheiro made his third field goal of the game, so Eddie Pinheiro was 3-for-3, three three, but this was just an ugly performance, and this was just a dismal performance for the Jets. There were a few exceptions. Pinheiro, again, was perfect, 3-for-3 three three on field goals. Braxton Berrios played pretty well. There were a couple of other guys who had decent games, but for the most part, it was dismal. However, not all of these dismal performances were equally dismal, and not all of them have the same long-term significance for the Jets. And I don't think that there's any performance that has more long-term significance than that of the rookie quarterback. And we are going to talk about his struggles ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast on this Monday. Now that game was tough to watch. You probably wanted a second or even a third screen to watch a more competitive football game or maybe check your fantasy team's progress. If that sounds familiar... I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion, and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen each day. Today we are recapping a 30-9 loss for the Jets to the Saints yesterday at MetLife Stadium. It was a game with plenty of poor performances for the Jets, but none of them have the long-term implications like the struggles of Zach Wilson. Wilson's final stat line in this game was 19 for 42, 202 yards, and he also took three sacks. And that probably does not do justice to how bad Zach Wilson was in this game, because he completed five in a row at the end of the game in garbage time. One was an eight-yard completion on a fourth and ten, which did nothing, and then there were four completions on the final drive when the clock was running out and the Saints were in prevent. Any conceivable progress that I may have seen or you may have seen or any of us may have seen last week against Philadelphia, where even though he only played one good half of football, it seemed like he was at least making good decisions. That's all gone. I said this after last week's game that if he did not build on that performance, because it wasn't that great of a performance, not like he went out and threw for 400 yards against the Eagles. It was maybe a couple of baby steps in the right direction. You have to build on a performance like that. That alone was not good enough for you to say, okay, this thing's moving, now Now we're in good shape. Zach needed to build on He did the opposite of building on it. Now listen, I know that the Jets' offense was very shorthanded in this game, and there were drops. Now there were some plays that were called drops that were at least partially due to Zach Wilson throwing a poor ball. I mentioned one with Ty Johnson on the third down in the first quarter. There was another one later in the game with Keelan Cole. But listen, there were some legitimate drops, and that needs to be pointed out. That's fair. Here's the thing, though. 
the guys who were dropping those passes. Ty Johnson had a couple. Cole had a couple that he did not come up with. These are not players who are important pieces for the Jets long term. In fact, they aren't even supposed to play prominent roles this season. They're depth players who were in the lineup because of injuries. These guys can be easily replaced. They can be easily upgraded if you want to. Zach Wilson is supposed to be the franchise quarterback for this team. So listen, I don't want to hear about Keelan Cole today. I don't want to hear about Ty Johnson. They're not going to be here long term. Zach Wilson's struggles are way more important, and these this is beyond struggle. You know, it's easy to say he's a rookie. There's a difference between rookie struggles and not looking like you know what you're doing out there. I mean, it's one thing if you see a coverage you've never seen before. You know, a defensive lineman drops into coverage on a zone blitz. You know, you may not have seen that in college. You can get confused by that. It's one thing where you're still adjusting to the speed of the game, where maybe you make a throw, you try and force a ball in there that you, you could get away with in college that you can't in the pros. It's one thing if there's a veteran defender who kind of baits you into a bad throw with a trap coverage. Those happen. There's an adjustment period for a rookie quarterback. What we are seeing right now from Zach Wilson is not about a rookie adjustment period. It's about a quarterback who does not look like he's capable of functioning on the NFL level. Even the most basic throws are an adventure with him, erratically wild. I mean, there was one with Ryan Griffin yesterday where Wilson was kind of moving to the right, and he had Griffin wide open, and Griffin had plenty of space in front of him, and he threw a ground ball. You want to talk about decision-making. Now, there were no interceptions in this game, but he threw a couple of balls off his back foot that really were high-danger passes. It's just they were so inaccurate that nobody really had a chance to make a play on them. Talk about pocket navigation. Wilson just seems incapable of stepping up in the pocket. He doesn't know what he's doing back there. And by the way, the offensive line was excellent as far as pass protection goes in this game. And that's the thing that kind of works against the idea he has nothing to work with here. Because, yeah, the receivers were maybe backups, but he had good pass protection. He had plenty of time to go through his progressions, plenty of time to find a guy breaking open. This is, I mean, a lot of this is on Zach Wilson. It's not all on Zach Wilson, but the stuff you're seeing, you can isolate certain things with quarterback play. And the stuff you can isolate is really, really disturbing with Zach Wilson. To be honest with you, I don't even know if he should be the starting quarterback going forward because I understand the concept of giving the rookie a chance to make mistakes and learn from them, but he seems so lost out there that I'm not even sure what's being accomplished right now. You know, I've said, and I've tried to be diplomatic in recent weeks, and part of this is that I don't like it when people try and jump to conclusions too quickly. So I've said things like, you have to be a little concerned. And I really believed that. I, I was not ready to panic on Zach Wilson. And listen, I don't panic when it comes to football anyway. Football's football. You know, it's not it's not real life. It's not worth getting that upset over. But if we're evaluating Zach Wilson right now, there's a lot to be worried about. I am about to do something that I hate it when Jets fans do. Because you always hear Jets fans talk about what Bill Parcells would have done if he was the coach. Parcells is kind of a revered figure in the fan base because he brought the Jets back from the bottom of the league. He turned them into a credible franchise. And fans always say, well, if Parcells was the, was the coach, he would have done that. Well, we don't really know what Parcells would have done. Most of the time, it's fans essentially are saying Parcells would have done what I wanted it to happen. But I got to say, I was watching in the third quarter yesterday. I have no doubt that if Zach Wilson was playing that poorly, Parcells would have put him on the bench. 
Because on some level, you have to earn the right to be in the lineup. I understand you're the rookie quarterback. I understand the team's trying to build everything around you. But on some basic level, you can't just have it handed to you. On some basic level, you have to show that you're good enough to play. Right now, Zach Wilson's not showing that he's good enough to play. I try and go easy grading a rookie quarterback because it is a very difficult transition. But you have to show something occasionally. I mean, Zach Wilson, I think you could say right now, has played three good halves of football so far this season. I'd give him the second half week one against Carolina. I'd give him the second half of the win against Tennessee, which was really kind of a quarter and change because he only got going at the end of the third quarter, although there was overtime in that game, so that adds a little bit of extra time. And then there was the first half last week against Philadelphia. Outside of that, he's been ranging between bad and unplayable. And unplayable was what he was in that game yesterday. And he is struggling. And again, I understand rookie struggles, but he's struggling to a degree. I don't think we saw from Sam Darnold. I don't think we saw from Geno Smith. I don't think we saw from Mark Sanchez. You know, Sam did not have anything to work with. Sam had maybe the worst supporting cast you could give a young quarterback. And he at least showed some flashes. You know, Sanchez was bad for a very long time, but you at least had some clutch moments. You had him producing in some big games. Gino made some big plays. I mean, it was Gino's rookie year was not great, but he made some big plays and had some clutch drives. There were things you could point to with all three of these guys, and the degree to which these things were convincing varied, but you could at least talk yourself into these guys. I think we all tried to talk ourselves into these guys, because you at least got something from them that made you think this could work. I'm not seeing anything from Zach. I hate to say it. Listen, I was, I've was i been rooting for Zach Wilson. I'll, I will continue to root for him as long as he's in the lineup for the Jets. This is not about me rooting against Zach Wilson. Listen, I was the guy, if you listen to the podcasts last year, I was the guy who said Jets should draft Zach Wilson. So this is not me like rooting against Zach Wilson. This is me looking at the situation and appraising it and saying, this is not where we need to be. This is a problem right now. This is not just a rookie having a few issues as he adjusts to the NFL. This is a guy who can't do basic things. I mean, if you can't throw an accurate five-yard pass, it's going to be very difficult to make it work as a quarterback in the NFL. Throwing the ball accurately is kind of a non-negotiable. And yet, is it fixable? Well, anything in theory is fixable, but my quarterback being wildly inaccurate, that's not the kind of thing I want to have to fix, along with shaky decision-making, along with no real sense of navigating the pocket, one of these things would be tough to fix. All three of them, you have to be worried. I mean, we're, we're past the point where it's just a little bit concerned. Even as a rookie, he's way behind where you would want him to be. But Zach Wilson was not the only problem. The defense once again failed the Jets in this game, and we will talk about that ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast. After a game like that, you deserve a treat. So why don't you go grab a Built Bar? In fact, this holiday season, you should grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar. It's Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy, and there are so many flavors that you'll have a hard time choosing. Raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream peanut butter brownie. 
If you're friends with Santa, you should tell him to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings, because with so many flavors, they'd make anybody's Christmas morning a happy one. And if you like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holiday, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors all covered in chocolate, and they taste so good that you won't believe that they're filled with protein. In fact, that's true of all Built Bars. These are protein bars, but they taste like candy bars. I gotta tell you, they are delicious. I really enjoy Built Bars. So many good flavors, too. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order if you do that. Again, it's 15% off your order by using promo code LOCKED15, one word, no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, at built, B-U-I-L-T, dot com. Well, I hope you did not put any money down on the Jets to win this game, but you should know that Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Monday, recapping a 30-9 loss for the New York Jets yesterday to the Saints at MetLife Stadium. The Jets' record drops to 3-10 on the 2021 season. In the last segment, we talked about the struggles of Zach Wilson, but no discussion of this game would be complete without talking about how horrendous the Jets' defense was. Now, it's been an awful defense all season long, but this may have been a new low yesterday. Maybe it wasn't. I mean, maybe you could say some of the other games like the Colts were worse, but I think in context, you could make a case this was the defense's worst performance of the season, and it's because of how limited the Saints were on offense. On his best day, Taysom Hill is a shaky thrower, but you could tell. He could not control where the ball was going coming out of his hand. You could see that last week against Dallas if you watched the Saints play the Cowboys on Thursday night how erratic his throws were because of his finger injury. And essentially, this New Orleans offense was very limited in this game. In fact, watching this, it felt to me like this was like an Adam Gase performance by Sean Payton. Because it seemed like Sean Payton's objective in this game was not to win. It was to play Taysom Hill at quarterback. It reminded me of how Adam Gase was more focused on making sure Frank Gore got touches than he was on winning games. Because that's how shaky Taysom Hill looked. The Saints were very limited. They pretty much had to either run the ball or they had to throw like a five-yard pass or less. And despite this, the Saints ran for 203 yards in this game on 44 carries, so a 4.6 average. But not only that, Taysom Hill, who could barely throw. Again, I mean, the Saints' passing game was pretty much limited to screens and dump-offs and checkdowns and the occasional, like, five-yard out route. Taysom Hill's passing line, 15 for 21. 175 yards. That's an 8.3 average per attempt. The Jets allowed a quarterback who can't throw to average 8.3 yards per attempt because they can't defend a screen. They can't tackle anybody. They can't make plays in space. This is a new low. I mean, this was like a high school level offense the Saints ran in this game, and the Jets could not get a, a stop. Now, I understand. Yeah, okay, fine. The Saints were limited to 10 points in the first half. 10 points against an offense that was so limited itself. Unbelievable. I understand. Yeah, fine. You have Alvin Kamara back. Tough guy to deal with. I mean, he, Kamara himself ran for 
uh, 120 yards on 27 carries, added four catches for 25 yards. Fine. Okay, maybe you could argue because you have Alvin Kamara, it's not a high school offense. But the Jets could key on him. The Saints offense, I mean, when you can't throw the ball down the field, Taysom Hill completed one pass that traveled more than 10 yards down the field. It was kind of like Mike White against Cincinnati, except the difference was Mike White against Cincinnati, he didn't throw the ball down the field because he didn't have to because the way the Bengals played defense, the right decision for Mike White was just, was always to get the ball out quickly. Taysom Hill could not throw the ball accurately more than five yards down the field, and the Jets allowed the Saints to have a field day on offense. I'm sorry. You know something? I don't want to hear that they got tired. I understand the offense was having trouble sustaining drives, but you know something? There's no scenario where allowing 30 points to an offense like this is in any way acceptable. I mean, this defense is beyond horrible. This is the this may be the worst Jets defense I've ever seen. It's amazing because early in the season, we were giving them a lot of praise. I was. I'm sure you were. This is unbelievable how bad. I mean, I can't get over it. An offense that can't do anything aside from run the ball and throw short passes has a field day against the Jets. The Jets can't stop anybody. If the Jets can't stop this offense run by Taysom Hill, a, a compromised Taysom Hill, they can't stop anybody. They can't do basic things. I mean, tackling's horrible. Constant breakdowns. Guys overrunning plays. Nobody knowing where to be. You name it, there's a problem with this Jets defense. I, there are no fixes. I mean, the fixes are to change things. And that might mean making a coaching change at the end of the season as far as the coordinator goes. It certainly means getting better players in here. I'm sorry. You know something? Same concept as when I discussed with Zach Wilson. You know, Zach Wilson may be a rookie, but it gets to a point where you cannot just say these are rookie struggles. Jets may be a rebuilding team. We get to a point where you can't just blame it on rebuilding. You can't blame it on youth. You can't even blame it on backups in the lineup. When you're this bad, there's never an excuse. Anyway, hopefully we'll have some happier shows in the future. Probably not so much this week, but that is all for today. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. I hope you have a good Monday, despite what the Jets did yesterday, and we'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.